This morning I preach to you the Word of God as we read it in Isaiah chapter 12. This will be the last sermon on the series, mini-series here on Isaiah. It started at Isaiah chapter 6. We end with the song in that day, Isaiah chapter 12. If you're a guest, you'd like to try to find that. That's page 576, Isaiah chapter 12. Hear the word of the Lord. You will say in that day, I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid, for the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Beloved congregation of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, To understand the text today, we need to picture a person getting water from a well. A well is a deep hole that that intercepts an underground uh, stream of water so that the water of the underground stream keeps the, the hole, the well, full of water. Many houses still use wells with a pump that pushes water into the pipes of your home So that every time you turn on your tap, you are drawing water from the well. And when people don't have access to a pump, and that's actually quite common still throughout the world, sometimes people have a a water pit in their own home, right inside the home, and they have to draw water. Uh, They need to do it with a bucket that they let down with a rope, and then they draw the water in uh, by hand, or they draw it up by hand. The Lord uses this picture of drawing water from the well to show the nature of the song and the prayer that God's redeemed people will say, and then we read it, in that day. In that day, when you see that God's Son is the king of a kingdom of peace, like we read about in Isaiah 9, Verses 3 to 7. And in that day, when you experience the joy and the justice and the peace under the flag of the root of Jesse, Jesus Christ, the flag of this kingdom, as everyone is coming to him on that highway that God prepared as he blesses the mission of the church. That's Isaiah 9, verse 3, and also chapter 11. Yes, says our text, on that day you will sing this song and it will be like drawing water from a well. 
The song of Isaiah 12 is the theme of the lives of everyone who has the Holy Spirit. And I preach to you the gospel of Jesus Christ under the following theme, the wells of salvation provide joy and certainty in our lives. We will see, first of all, the water in the wells, and secondly, the water makes us well. So in the midst of their suffering under the wrath of God, and we looked at that in some of the earlier chapters of, here of Isaiah, then Isaiah comforts his people with the words of the song that they will sing in the future. You're under God's wrath now, but the day will come when the holy seed, the remnant that returns, will say, and you can see that in verse 1, you will say, in that day I will give thanks to you, O Lord. For though you were angry with me, your anger turned away that you might comfort me. The Holy Spirit urges God's people to think about the time after the punishment, when they were brought back into favor with God again. He tells God's people what life looks like after the punishment, after the cross of Jesus Christ, after the complete payment for all our sins. He urges us to believe and to trust that his grace is stronger than our rebellion and to begin to celebrate already now the, the new life that Jesus Christ has obtained for us by his death. This celebration after the punishment, after the cross, the celebration in the Holy Spirit consists of drawing water from the wells of salvation, as you see in verse 3. However, instead of pulling up drinking water, Isaiah tells them they will bring up memories, they will, all that they remember of God's wonderful works in the past. And then Isaiah points us to some of that water in the wells of salvation. And he does that by using well-known phrases of thankfulness from Israel's history. In verse 2, you can have your Bible open today. We're going to be looking a lot to different passages, so good to have it open. Isaiah 12, verse 2. And there you see... Uh, in the second part of the verse, for the Lord God, and you can notice the text says it could be for the Lord. The Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Now you may recognize these words. Do you recognize them? Do you recognize where they, where they come from? They come from the chorus of one of the oldest recorded songs in the Bible. And what song was it? It was a song from Exodus chapter 15 that we read. Verse 2. That song about Egypt's horses and riders falling into the sea. That song that Moses and the children of Israel sang immediately after crossing the Red Sea. The water in the wells of salvation is the song of God's triumph in Egypt. In the Exodus. It's a reminder of his promise in chapter 11, verse 16, that he would lead his exiled people along a highway to God's kingdom, just as he had taken them out of Egypt to the promised land. 
the memory of deliverance from Egypt returns in chapter 12, Isaiah 12, verse 4. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, proclaim that his name is exalted. Do you know where that water comes from? It's a quotation from Psalm 105, verse 1. And if you look at Psalm 105, you'll see that it's a psalm that deals extensively with the way that God helped his people leave Egypt. And so in our text, Isaiah is saying to God's people, what God has done once, God will do again. The new song that you will sing in the future, in that day, will be the same song that God's people sung in the past. Don't be afraid. A long time ago, the people of God were were crying out for mercy under the, the hard labor, just like you. They could not see their way out of the pit of despair that they found themselves in, but God rescued them. He brought them out of the land of Egypt and and the song. He made them sing this song. The Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. That song, the exodus, that is water in the wells of salvation. And then we learn that we draw water from the wells of salvation to give us comfort to give us joy, to give us certainty in the present. The Exodus is no less of a testimony of God's faithfulness in Isaiah's day than it is today. Every Sunday, we draw water from the well of salvation when we read the the preface or the prologue to the Ten Commandments, that part, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. It reminds us of the nature of our God. It's, it's water in the well of salvation that we, we draw. It, it reminds us who our God is. And we also diligently sing the Psalms, the Psalms that speak of the works of God in the past. And we need to realize we're not singing in the first place about Israel, Egypt, Moab, or about Jerusalem, the temple, and the desert in in another country. We're not just singing about wars and sacrifices and, and suffering in the past. Rather, we're singing about our God. We're singing about the Lord today. We're singing about his mighty hand and his deeds in the past as this comforts us today. And so the Psalms, the book of Psalms, is like a, the table of contents that lists all the water in the wells of salvation. Or to use a perhaps a more commonly understood picture, the, the book of Psalms is like the homepage that contains all the links to lead us to the works of God that we can refer to. God's victories in the past are the the comfort for today, the hope for tomorrow. God has filled the wells of salvation with a lot of water. 
And all his deeds are like an ever-present fountain of water for our lives to strengthen us as we deal with our present distresses. And as we drink in the inspired words of God, as we, we drink them in, we can see today that we have so much more, more than the people in Isaiah's time. We know of Jesus Christ We know of his finished work on the cross. We know that now God dwells in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. For us, the water is cold and and deep and pure. Brothers and sisters, we're called to look deeply into the wells of salvation. See how the Lord treats his covenant people. And there in your hand, and you can hold it in your hand, is a book of never-ending, never-failed promises that all brought benefit for the people who trust in the Lord. Turn to him, and you will be made well. Because the water makes us well. And you know it, and I know it, and sometimes... It happens in our lives that we become quite parched, quite dry. The Christian faith can sometimes begin to lose its real meaning in our lives. Sometimes it becomes nothing more than an activity that we do on the side. And so a weariness and a a tiredness creeps over our hearts. We begin to read our Bibles less. Or when we read the Bible, we we read over it rather than listen to it. And so a whole congregation can grow stagnant. A whole congregation can be compared more to a dry, parched land than to a vibrant field of harvest. The grind of our own sinfulness and its sad consequences can can weigh us down. The disappointments of life, the unwillingness of others to contribute to the communion of saints, the familiar voice of the preacher, the well-known stories of the Bible can sometimes feel like days and days of dry wind. In such a state, hardships can weigh us down. And often we are filled with anxiety and fear. We're tired of always trying to obey, to do the right thing, to stand out, to stand up for what we believe. The obligation to live in thankfulness so often preached and so earnestly pursued can wear us out. And as we look closely to the words of our text, we see that the reason a person becomes weary of faith, becomes bored with God's grace, the the reason that a church becomes stagnant and dry, is because they're failing to draw water from the wells of salvation. There's two ways to respond to the hardship and the weariness in life. The first is despondency or despair, doubt or fleeing. As 
thing. I'll go somewhere else, find my satisfaction somewhere else. The second is to look to God for the waters of life. You see, brothers and sisters, our suffering and our burdens do not need to crush our spirits. God has given us more. God has given us the waters of life in his son, Jesus Christ. And with these waters, we are made well. As we sing the Psalms, as we read the Bible, we need to understand that we are drawing water from the wells of salvation for our thirsty souls. It isn't just water under the bridge. The events of Scripture are not just nice stories that every Christian should know to broaden their education as if they were some kind of ornament to display on your shelf. Rather, all the deeds of God that we read in Scripture, and all Scripture is about God's works, the deeds of the Lord in Scripture are compared to water, something that is necessary for our very survival. We read Scripture with a hungry and a thirsty soul to be edified, to be built up, to be sustained, to be comforted by what we read about the Lord so that we may become stronger in our love for our covenant God. We are made to think of the words that our Lord Jesus spoke to the Samaritan woman when he met her drawing water from a well. It's John chapter 4, verse 10 and then 13 to 14. After he asked this Samaritan woman for some water, and she expressed her surprise, the Lord Jesus said some very important words. John 4, verse 10, he said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. And then pointing to the regular water in the well, Jesus says in verses 13 and 14, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The Lord Jesus spoke about this water some more at a particular feast of tabernacles in Jerusalem. It's John 7, verses 37 to 39. There he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And then John explains, he says, Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Indeed, in Jesus Christ, we are given access to the river of water of life. It's Revelation 22, verse 1. We're given access to this river of the water of life that is considered and called bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and from the Lamb. 
As believers in Jesus Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who is the nourishing water of life. In Jesus Christ, we have the water of life to help us, to keep us strong. God makes us well. In Psalm 118, and again, you can open your Bibles uh, with me to Psalm 118, gives a beautiful example of how the waters of salvation can enliven the soul. How the waters of salvation can give joy and certainty in our daily lives. And as we study this psalm, we can see that the mighty acts of God's deliverance from Egypt is water for the believer that equips him in his life. So in Psalm 118, you'll notice that, that the believer begins by giving thanks to the Lord, but immediately it becomes clear that he was a man in deep trouble. He says in verse 5 that he was in distress. And then verse 6 and verses 10 to 12, he, has, he says he has enemies who are closing in on him and surrounding him like a swarm of bees. And then verse 13 says that he was pushed so hard that he was falling. And there he is and living in the midst of all this pressure. He's in great distress. He's, he's experiencing anxiety. There's stress in his life. And what does he do? He reaches out for the waters, the wells of salvation. And then look at Psalm 118 verse 14. And look and see how this verse is a repetition of Moses' song in Exodus 15 verse 2. He says it again. He says, the Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord has become my salvation. You see how the water then gives him joy and confidence for he says in verse 17 now, after remembering the Exodus, he says, I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The new song of Isaiah 12 repeats the themes of Psalm 118 Verse 6, verse 8, verse 9, I will not fear, I will take refuge in the Lord. That's Isaiah 12, verse 2b. And then for us today, the promise is even clearer because we have Jesus Christ who guides us with his word and spirit, who quickens our hearts to serve him. And as we meditate on the works of the Lord and, and as we, we learn about our covenant God through the reading of Scripture, as we, we drink it in, as we sing psalms and, and we think about the psalms and the, and the hymns that we are singing that, that glorify the God we worship, the joy and the certainty of the Christian life will become more and more a part of our life. Something that characterizes who we are. The water in the wells of salvation makes us well. So what does Isaiah 12 teach us? The song that the Spirit leads Christ's church to sing today is exactly like the one that Isaiah prophesied that God's people would sing in the day of God's salvation. So thinking of the cross 
of Jesus Christ, thinking of the joyful announcement of his resurrection that followed, we can sing the old song. Psalm 30, verse 5. His anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And as we sing Psalm 30, we realize that we are singing the new song of Isaiah 12, verse 1. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away that you might comfort me. And then rejoicing after the celebration of Lord's Supper, celebration of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, we repeat the old song of Psalm 103, verses 2 to 4. We say, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. And then we fulfill the prophecy of Isaiah that told us that in that day we would say, Isaiah 12, verse 2, Behold, God is my salvation. And seeking an appropriate reaction to all that God has done, seeking an appropriate confession, we draw water from Psalm 56. And we sang that also this morning. Psalm 56, verses 10 to 11, in, in God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. And then we draw some more waters from Psalm 27, verse 1, that we also sang, the Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? And once again, we see, as we see in Isaiah 12, verse 2, the words of the old psalms also are the words of our new song. I will trust and I will not be afraid. And brothers and sisters, we see that God has given us an abundance of blessing in the wells of salvation. His faithfulness to his covenant people in the past leads us to be rejuvenated in our lives, in our love for God today. You don't need to be crawling along in the spiritual desert because the wells of salvation are right there beside you. God has given you a rich testimony of, of all his faithfulness in the past. Draw water from the well. And God even arranged much of his history in such a way that, that we can sing about it with joy. We see that in the Psalms. The day of rejoicing is here today. And with Psalm 98... In Psalm 145, we, we, we sing praises. I'm reading Isaiah 12, verses 5 to 6. We sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel the Holy One of Israel. And so the, 
the little series in Isaiah ends where it began, with God's people staring at the Lord high and lifted up on his throne, with the seraphim around him, and God's people praising him for sending his son, Emmanuel, God with us. And with the joy of the harvester, with the joy of the soldier dividing the spoil, we can bask in his loving justice as we experience peace under the flag of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the nations of the world rally to the call that comes from his throne. Revelation 22 verse 17, come and let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take of the water of life without price. Brothers and sisters, strengthened with the waters of life, we will arrive at the end of the journey. We'll arrive to be among those, the people from, from every nation and every language and any, every tribe of the earth gathered together in the glory of heaven with abundant water flowing from the throne with, with that unspeakable joy that we have in Jesus Christ. And I wouldn't be surprised if in that day we will sing a very old song, which is the new song of Isaiah 12. One more time. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, for though you were angry with me, your anger has turned away that you might comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitant of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. Amen.